Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteous. Welcome back to Q&A with Bishop Julian. You've got myself, Jovina Graham, here with you and... Jeremy Ambrose. Thank you, Jovina. And completing our trio of J's, we have Bishop Julian Porteous. Hello. Now, Bishop, I've got a, I've got a tough question for you now, because I, I really need some enlightening on this one. We've spoken in other times about the Year of Grace that we're currently in, mm. in, in the church in Australia. But I'm hearing about this thing called the Year of Faith, which the Holy Father has called for to to um, commemorate the 50th anniversary of the opening of the Second Vatican Council. I don't really know what this Year of Faith is all about. Can you tell us? Uh, yes, um, it, it's to coincide with the um, with the 50th anniversary, the opening of the Second Vatican Council. I, I think it's very interesting uh, to me personally that the Pope would say that as we're going to commemorate 50 years since Vatican II Council, that we would have this Year, year of Faith. The, these years of faith, um, uh, it's just a, a practice we, we've had in the church in recent times. At different times, popes have uh, proposed that we have a year dedicated to a particular theme. It doesn't necessarily follow every single year, but uh, I, I can remember very vividly in 2005, Pope uh, John Paul II asked for a year on the Eucharist, and so the church as a whole focused on the, the place of the Eucharist in, in our life as Catholics. More recently, um, Pope Benedict uh, had a year for St. Paul, and, and so there was a year devoted to, to the, the vision of faith, the, the, the teaching of St. Paul, the Apostle Paul. And then more recently, he had a year for priests, um, which was a, a year focusing on the priesthood, and, and particularly uh, a year which people were encouraged to, to pray for their priests. And, and we saw a lot of quite wonderful responses uh, from people for that year for priests. And now um, the Pope has proposed that when we begin the, uh, the, the anniversary of the 50th um, year since the opening of the Second Vatican Council, we will begin a year of faith which runs through for a bit over a year, so about November um, uh, the, the following year. So uh, for me the very interesting thing about it is, is why has the Pope chosen this particular theme? a year of faith and uh, I, I believe that, that um, the Pope has spoken many many times about the fact of that of the challenges that have been made to Christian faith by by secularism by atheism um, that uh, many people are losing uh, a sense of their faith that they maybe are moving into situations where they have a kind of a cultural sense of being Catholic, but there's no living faith that animates their lives. Um, and the Pope has um, spoken many, many times. This. I think it's an issue that's very, very much in his own mind and heart. It's something which he's very aware of as a great need and challenge in the, in the church today. So he has, um, has declared, we're coming up to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the opening of the Second Vatican Council. I'd like to use that opportunity to say, let's devote a year in the church to focusing upon this question of, of faith. Well, Bishop, his, um, his letter that he, he wrote to, to all of us announcing the year was 
Porta Fide, or, or the door of faith. So what's the Pope's thought on this, you know, this emphasis of faith, this place of faith in our lives? Yes, he chose, a, a, I thought, of a rather nice image, uh, as he often does. He, he often comes up with very beautiful images that are very, very attractive. Porta Fide, this was the, uh, the letter that he wrote uh, some months ago now to uh, announce this, this year of faith. And um, the word Porta Fide is the door of faith. And, um, I, you know, I often to think that uh, in the Vatican you have the Holy Door, um, which is only opened in, in, in Jubilee years. But the whole idea is you go through this door which takes you into the uh, St. Peter's Basilica. So often when I think of when I hear the door of faith, I do sort of imagine one of the doors of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. Mm. And if you like, that door was only opened during ju Jubilee years and it's a special, you receive a special indulgence if you uh, took the opportunity of going in pilgrimage through that door. But, it, but if you like, you go from the world, and I remember very vividly my first time that I went into St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. I think it's one of those wonderful moments. And I remember it quite vividly of coming in and going through the door and then just going into the uh, into the basilica and just the magnificence, the sheer size and magnificence of the basilica and its beauty and, and, and so on. And I, I just, th that image appeals to me because it's, it's as though when you go in through the door of faith, when you, if you like, when you open your mind to faith, to, to God and to the Christian life, the Christian faith, it's, it's almost like going in to a beautiful and magnificent basilica. And there you see the glory of God, you see the beauty, you see all the magnificence of, uh, of what life is when it is informed and inspired by faith. So I think the image is a rather beautiful image of, of saying this is what happens to somebody who has faith. If you like, it's a door into a world, the world uh, which is a spiritual world, but the world which reveals the nature of God and the world which reveals the nature of, of human life. Uh, it's, it's, and, you know, we think that, that the Christian tradition has given, given rise to such beauty in, in music, in arts, in architecture and all this sort of thing. So it's, it's sort of saying, like, going into a door is, is of faith, through faith, brings you into a, a new vision of life and you see the beauty of life because I know that's a theme very strong in the thought of Pope Benedict. He loves... He, he's, loves this idea that, that we discover the beautiful when we come into a life of faith. So I think that's part of what he wants to say. Discover the beauty of life that you find when you enter through the door of faith. Wow, okay. This is quite inspiring imagery we're speaking about here, Bishop. On a practical level, how is the average Catholic called to respond to this year of faith? Is it we just need to pray a whole lot more or take more classes or what are we meant to do? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a very good question. I, I think um, a little bit like as we had in, this, in the Australian bishops having a focus on grace, these, this year of faith does give us an opportunity of, um, of appreciating a little bit more deeply the significance and meaning of faith, that, that we... Um, <clears throat> we don't take it for granted, you know, and I think that's that's often uh, a risk with a lot of things that we, yeah, I believe, you know, and 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 maybe even too we we say, well, I I believe um, the things that are found in the creed, or or seeing faith as a set of propositions that I accept, or even just seeing faith in terms of well, this is a particular 
morality is a certain way of life uh, that I'm to live, it's a certain culture that I'm part of. Now all those things are true, of course. But I think, and, and again, if I draw on the, the sense I have of, of Pope Benedict's understanding of faith, is to say, discover what faith really is, the richness and beauty of faith, and how faith so informs and, and does become a means of, of transformation of our whole way of living, our whole sense of human life. And so faith is, don't restrict or limit faith to a fairly narrow understanding, but discover its beauty, discover all that it, it offers, all that it, it does to our lives um, by virtue of, of believing. And I suppose for me too, it's, it's an invitation for us to enter more deeply into the world of faith. Not just to say, I live in, if you like, I live in the world, the physical world around me, and I, and I believe. But to say, no, no, I, I want to live the world of faith. I, I want to have that to be my life of faith then to flavour the way I see everything else. Because faith is a way of seeing. Faith is a way of seeing myself, seeing the world around me, seeing the whole purpose and meaning of human existence. Um, and so faith actually invites us to see things in a new way, to see things as they really are, to see things as God sees them. And so this, this year of faith is a, an invitation to uh, perhaps look again at, uh, at faith from the point of view of what it does in bringing me to a new place of discovery of myself and of human life. Mm. Is that, I don't know if that makes any, any sense or not. Maybe it's a bit too exalted, I'm not sure. But. <laughs> no, it makes a lot of sense, Bishop, but I'm just confused at one point. Obviously, there's going to be some overlap with the year of grace and year of faith. Which one should we focus on? It's, a, it's, a, it's very interesting, the, uh, the fact that we bishops, as I said, had been meeting uh, for a couple of years talking about doing something in Australia, and then we had the idea we'd have a year of grace. And then we had an Libana visit, visit last year. Every five years or so, all the bishops of a, of a country go to Rome. And we met with the Pope. And so we were quite proud of the fact. We want to tell the Pope that uh, we in Australia have decided <laughs> we're going to have a year of grace. And at that very time we were in Rome, the Pope announced, and I'm going to have a year of faith. <laughs> so we, He copied you. He, cop he copied it. We, we felt we were, we were, we were kind of moving in the same direction as the Pope, which I thought was a very mm. encouraging thing, that we were really, I mean, when we talk about starting afresh from Christ, we're really talking about the same thing. Mm. Yes. And so we felt that that was wonderful. We, we were moving in a certain direction, and the Pope was moving in, in, in a direction, and the two really coincide and coalesce. So we don't see them in any way in opposition to each other. We think what will happen is the year of grace will morph, if you like, into... The year of faith. We will. We've talked a lot about grace, and we're doing various things for the year of grace. But as time goes on, we'll probably focus more and more on the year of faith. And and so, I think there'll be a, a natural flow over the period of time. In one sense, it extends this whole process of like interior rediscovery of um, of the beauty of the Christian life um, that comes through the year of grace and now through the year of faith. So I don't. They're not in opposition, I think, them they will naturally flow together. Excellent. Well, that sounds like a great exploration of both of those years all in one. 
Thank you very much, Bishop Julian. That's a pleasure. Thank you, Bishop. Jeremy, you know, when we, we visit um, churches, particularly when we look at older churches, you often see perhaps in the altar or around the sanctuary uh, somewhere various symbols, and uh, they often have a long history and, and, and deep meaning, but sometimes we look at them and we, we can be a bit puzzled as to what this particular um, symbol can mean. One example is, is the symbol of the phoenix, I don't know if you've seen that. It's it's around. You yeah. might find it more in medieval churches, but uh, it, it is around the the phoenix. And normally the phoenix is a is a bird. It sometimes has young birds around around it. It has normally has its wings up in the air, stretched up, and it has fire underneath it. Uh -huh. And you think, well, what what does that mean? It's a rather curious image. Uh, that, uh, but it, it is something that. Um, it's quite ancient in the church. Its origins are actually in, in uh, various uh, myths that come from, from the Egyptians, the Greeks, and, and some Oriental um, uh, cultures. So it's, it's a symbol that's been around for some time, and it's filtered through various cultures. But essentially, the, uh, the phoenix is uh, it's seen as a, as a, mystic, as a, uh, a mythical figure, but... Um, the story goes that basically the phoenix, as it grows uh, older, it, it builds uh, a nest and then, and then it's set on fire. The nest comes, uh, starts to burn and then um, from the ashes of the fire, the phoenix rises. So you sometimes hear the, the idea of phoenix rise. So, so, so the, the phoenix... Uh, is engulfed in the flames and then rises out of the ashes. And of course, Christians straight away saw this image, this myth of the phoenix uh, as related to Christ, that if you like, Christ immolated himself in his, in his death on the cross. He, he offered himself um, uh, on the cross and then rose from the ashes, rose up. So it was a, it's a resurrection, a death and resurrection symbol, if you like, that of course is so central to, to Christianity. So um, keep an eye out for a, a phoenix. You, you, you may, it's not used so much these days, but sometimes you find in uh, stained glass windows, for instance, or uh, adorning sanctuaries or altars, you might find a phoenix. And, and as I said, it's really a, a symbol based in um, older cultures, but it's, the Christians saw it as a, an appropriate one to reflect Christ dying and rising. Well, that sounds great. Great. Not well, just from Harry Potter, I like it. Yeah, exactly. I'll be on the search for all the phoenixes that I come across in the cathedral. Thanks, Bishop. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteous. For more episodes, visit radio.org.au.